0: All right. So extremely excited about our guest for the next episode of Targeted Impressions, Mike Haas, and I go way back. Um, he is currently the voice of the Saints, um, but he was a longtime broadcaster in this market, really was a mentor to me uh, as I started out uh, doing sports in this market as well, and, and just watching how he put stories together. Um, and it, it's just frustrating because as we're new to this podcasting game, and I'm not trying to make uh, any excuses, but the sound quality could be a little bit better on this, especially for uh, for Mike's microphone. And so I'm just putting that caveat up here. The content is phenomenal. Mike tells incredible stories about how he prepares for a game, goes into fatherhood a little bit, um, really kind of gets you behind the scenes of what it is that he does to make sure that the folks listening to his broadcast are actually there. Um, I'm just frustrated that we had a little bit of audio problems. I hope that you still get the message. I hope that you still get something out of it, but just wanted to give you a little caveat. So thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. They say talk is cheap, so let's add some value to your voice. It's Targeted Impressions with Scott Cody. Within moments of your announcement in November that he would run the department in his current capacity, morale received a much needed boost and the bump has not been temporary. Mike possesses the rare ability to command respect without forcing the issue. His advice is not only sought after, it is at the same time both encouraging and constructive. In a position that demands response in a timely manner, he is able to delegate and guide with a calm, confident demeanor that is contagious. Mike is not inherited the respect of his colleagues and peers. He has earned every ounce of it. He has toiled on weekends, through storms, on breaking news, on location, and in the war room. When tough decisions needed to be made, those in charge included him in the process. Hopefully, this correspondence will reinforce your reasoning to entrust Mike permanently with the duties you saw fit to have him handle on an interim basis." That was the brief excerpt from a letter that I wrote on behalf of our guest today back in 2011. The letter was signed by every single person in the WWL TV newsroom and was handed off to the then general manager as an endorsement and a request to promote our guest today as the next news director. Well, they say if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And I guess God got a pretty good chuckle that day because this man would not get the news director position. And today, many of you know him simply as the voice of the New Orleans Saints. He'll always be the moose to me, though. We welcome Mike Haas to Targeted Impressions.
1: Thank you, says the man who has a bull costume <laughs> sitting to his left and, and my right. Uh, that was, uh, that, was a, that was a very well-written letter. Thank you. I had forgotten yeah. how sweet and how generous everybody was during that time. And, you know, I didn't get it then. I did get another opportunity in 2015 to be the interim news director again. And that when I went, Okay, I don't want this job. <laughs> this is way too hard. That one nearly killed me.
0: So as I'm, I'm kind of going back and reminiscing, um, and, and Mike and I have a, have a history. I started at Channel 4 right after 05. He had been there, what, since the late, late 80s. Yeah, and got to know each other. And as he was given the interim title, all of what we just said in there, kind of unfolded. But then I'm like, crap, I think you had another shot at it. You're It's kind of twice now you've been interim. Mm-hmm. So tell everybody what... A news director does essentially, at least back then, at
1: least. Yeah, you know it's 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 the it's the overall arching. If you go down the the, the list of producers and executive producers, right? It, it starts, as you well know, it's a twenty four seven business. So you know the morning show begins and it just rolls straight through till ten o'clock at night. So the news directors making decisions about what stories get covered, how much it's getting covered, are we going to be live? You know, and that that I that's a portion of the job I liked. I enjoyed it, it was what I normally do. And then there's hiring, budgets, <laughs> meetings upstairs, and I was like, ah, I didn't like that part. Of it. That that's <laughs> a, that, this part is hard. Uh, so it's 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 a very challenging job. I will say, the first time I got it, the first day I had two people crying in my office. One, day one. Day one. Two people. Balling their eyes out. One boyfriend had broken up with a young woman. She was, you know, hysterical. I'm like, you got to go on air now, (laughs) right? I was like, so you're, it's a little bit of everything. Your morale, you, you know, it's it's not an easy business. This even back in 2011 and 2015 has changed greatly now. But I was fortunate. I've had in my world, the best news directors ever. I started with Joe Duke. Uh, Sandy Breland, um, you know, I've just been very, very fortunate to have people in that role that I was able to learn from. Uh, And so that that was a a big help. And it it was but the the challenge for me was that when it happened in 11, I was the 10 o'clock news anchor. So I did both jobs. So I would come in and stay and do the 10 o'clock news. But when I did it in 15, I was the morning news anchor. And did both jobs, so I would get in like two forty-five, three o'clock in the morning, three thirty, and then stay till six thirty at night, and then go home and go to bed. Literally, and you know, and so for like seven months, and so that was that was a killer. That was a killer. But I I learned a lot. Channel Four is great people. You know, it's just it was a it was a right time in my professional career for that because it kind of got a taste of okay. That's when I kind of started thinking outside of television yeah. for the first time.
0: The, the door opened. The door, yeah. Man, yeah.
1: I, there's other things out there. I'd been 35 years in local TV. If you go back to our Lubbock days, you and I even have some, you know, the Lubbock connection. Yeah. Um, so it just opened my eyes. And what Channel Four was awesome, um, and it was a great gig. But it was time for something different. Or it just was.
0: You know, you talked about loving parts of it and then seeing parts of it that you didn't like, and I think it goes back to you're one of the most natural storyteller tellers I've I've ever seen. You know, that's kind of a gift. I think that some people have, some people don't have, you obviously have it. You talked about your time in Lubbock and I think what was truly a testament to your ability to tell stories is you didn't, you know, there's markets when you're in the, in the broadcast world there, New York is number one and whatever is Uh, number 212 is what it is. I was in
1: Harrisonburg, Virginia when I first started. We were
0: two oh three. Two oh three. So you moved only, up. There yeah. were
1: only two oh six at the time. There you go. So <laughs> so there's
0: that's the that's the range. Lubbock was about probably one hundred sixty, yeah. somewhere around there. You go from one sixty Lubbock, Texas, to New Orleans, which at the time was probably in the forties, maybe even the thirties. Thirty two. Thirty two. That doesn't happen. It, it, you had to move your way up. So that was a very rare thing, but it, it was because of your, your storytelling ability. Where where did you get that? Wow. I don't know.
1: That's a good question. You know, and I think just doing it, the thing that when I got out of college, you just got to do it. You can't, you got to, you got to go to, you know, Harrisonburg, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia. You got to go make mistakes. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of new reporters today don't go small. Don't, they want to be in New Orleans out of college. Right. And some of them can. That's not the way it was 30 years ago. So you, you went to Charlottesville, Virginia and Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Lawton, Oklahoma, Lubbock, Texas. I mean, that's five, four jobs prior to coming to New Orleans. I mean, I was like in the witness relocation for <laughs> right. like a year. But so you, you learned through mistakes. and Then I got biggest break in my life. And then I sat next to Chip Henderson for 12 years, and then next to Karen Swenson for nine years. And there's no better storytelling, no better writers, I have stolen from them for 20 years. They are <laughs> the best. And we would bounce, not with Karen, Karen and I, our desks touched. That's how close we were to each other. And, you know, we would just bounce things off of each other. And she's a phenomenal writer, a phenomenal writer. And so, it's storytelling is, you know, that's the reason that we did it, right? It's not the. The angry it, it, yeah. it wasn't the pay. It wasn't the pay. It wasn't the pay. The murders and the bad news and the bad news and the hours of work and working holidays and hurricanes. Anything. Anyway, it wasn't that. It was the opportunity to to tell stories. And Channel Four allowed you to do that. If I had a good story idea that wasn't in, you know, wasn't going to lead any newscast, they they gave us the freedom to go do those stories. And that's what enabled you to be a good storyteller.
0: You know, I loved how you said you, you had the ability to kind of make mistakes and hone it. And then obviously working under certain people. You're now the voice of the New Orleans Saints. You went from zero to 100. You've got a job that only 31 other people have in the entire world. Tell me about the secret handshake that maybe you guys have. Can you, can you <laughs> let, us, let us in behind the curtain on, uh, on, on this, this small fraternity? It is. I'm
1: the oldest rookie. In the, in the history of, of time. And I'm just luck. It is sheer human luck that I have this job. And that's Diane Newman, who's the radio you know, broadcast manager, if you will, uh, brand manager for WWL and who's always followed my career. She's been around for a long time with me through WWL. I, so when Jim left, I applied for them when Jim retired. And it was me and a few others. And we all auditioned with Deuce. And then Zach kind of got into the race late. But as soon as he did, I was like, this is over, right? Because I, I, if I told Diane, I go, well, if I were you, I'd, I'd hire Zach, he, you know, he's he's worked hard. Zach's a super guy. we have done shows together and they did, they hired Zach. And so, you know, at my age, at where I was in my career, I had one bite of the apple. That's rare to get two is unheard of so when zach went to coaching that was my second bite at the apple and it's just luck it's just luck there were a thousand people who were more qualified from a radio play-by-play because i hadn't done it so long you know but when i started <clears> in television you had you went two directions you went local tv or you went for sports play-by-play there were no you didn't go both This was back when ESPN was we didn't have espn plus, you know, SEC, yeah. we didn't have any of that. So you had to kind of make your choice. So once you did, it was hard to come back. So it was just luck. I was luck. And then when I got the job, I got on July 6th. It was my first day. So July 6th, we had a month until we played Baltimore with 180 people on the roster. And two weeks after that, Hurricane Ida. So displaced. Displaced. We're living in Mississippi, in a house in Mississippi with 26 other family members, four dogs, two birds, two women in their 90s. And the team was in Dallas. I didn't lay eyes on the team for a month. And I'm like, starting. The team that you're I'm, now the voice I'm of. The voice yes, of. I'm yes. I'm <laughs> not laying eyes on them. I'm trying to learn rosters while I'm in this house with birds and dogs and Hurricane Ida recovery. And so it was. I was like, I go back, I listen to that game every once in a while, <laughs> that ball tour game. It's, um, it was it, it was not good. But preseason is tough. I've just been very fortunate. I've been fortunate to work with good people, Deuce, people at WBL Radio, Diane Newman, who just believed in me. She wanted somebody who could connect with New Orleans. She could have gotten anybody out there way more qualified play-by-play wise. She, I had a thirty-year connection with New Orleans, yeah. so she was willing to roll the dice on that, and I will, you know, till the day I perish, will always be indebted to her. And when Deuce and I did it in twenty seventeen, well, it was it wasn't it was good. It was you know, it wasn't like it was, it was bad. It was just you know, Zach was probably the right call. And so it's been a blast. You know, it's been a blast, and I hope that it continues
0: for as long as possible. And I, I love. So you talked about the you kind of had to split when when you were. A young broadcaster and kind of choose one, but I think all of us, and you know, I can only speak for myself. That's kind of the itch, right? The the play by play itch is in there, but so you're removed from it. So take me through your prep, though, because I remember watching Jim Henderson, longtime voice of the Saints. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, we both were very fortunate to work with him, and the prep time that he put into these games was second to none. Now, he could write a 30-second script for, the, you know, for TV in literally 30 seconds, but these game prep, take me through what you learned from him, your kind of your process, and then do you have a goal in mind that you want to relay to, to the listener with each play, with each quarter, with each game?
1: Well, I'll answer the second part first. I mean, the goal is for them to feel like they're there. That's my goal. Shut your eyes, and they are at the game. We're an open air booth almost always, so you have the crowd. My goal is to make them feel like they're there in the Superdome. That means sometimes shut up, let the crowd do their thing, let Deuce do his thing. Do not get in the way. I am merely the eyes. I'm the eyes of the quarterback. Looks left, looks right. Where's the ball? Sideline between the hash marks, numbers. it's, It's 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 you know as if you cannot see what's going on. Right, and it's it's storytelling to an extent. We haven't had a lot of good stories. <laughs> you know, we, it's just been kind of tough. I right? haven't scored a lot of points, and I didn't have any of the Drew years, right? right. I know it's Sean's last year with four different quarterbacks and four different kickers. Um, so, but it's
0: it's yeah. Henderson surprising. had gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson yeah. had yeah. gravy. Yeah. You're you got rocks, right? Yeah.
1: And so it's it is. It is about storytelling, but it's a, it's compact. It's letting Deuce do his thing. And I you know, I, I marvel at, at Deuce and what he does. Uh, so I just, that, to me, is my role. Make people feel like they're there. Get them excited. If it's third and one, I want them to hear Mark Roman on defense. I want them to hear, it's the... So I, I'm, I'm cognizant of that. Because if they hear, it's the... down, they know... They're in the game they know they're in the super right and so if you can do that and still do the broadcast um you know that's the goal now preparation between jim and i could not be more different jim was red marker green marker blue marker right this was you know in, there wasn't internet for the first, right you when know, we first started he was you know talked to coaches and talked to <clears throat> archie archie was a huge factor but it was about, I mean, like, think about it. There was no internet. He couldn't just Google the Atlanta Falcons roster. It was faxed on Tuesday. On Tuesday, you'd get the NFL stats. It was in a much, it was much, much harder, right? And so you. But it's all about who's the player, who's the number, and give me a note about it. If he does something, you know, he's the second on the team in interceptions, whatever. But more so than anything else, it's learning who they are. So now it's all computerized for me. I work with In fact, it's it's a system that Jerry Sandusky in Baltimore and Zach Street created. And so on Tuesday, I get this computerized system that has already gone through and scraped pro football reference with all of their updated stats. Everything's there. It's all numerical. So if you have three columns, if you're looking at a computer screen, you have three columns, offense, wide receivers, quarterback tight end, running backs. It's all numerical because the blasted I cuss <laughs> NFL. We can always put an E beside this if the NFL we need allow to allow these number changes, <laughs> right? And so a linebacker can be two, a linebacker can be ninety nine. So the position of where the numbers used to be means nothing anymore, right? So you can't you can't do it like here are my linebackers. You'd be you'd be looking all over. So now it's all numerical. So it's one through twenty seven, then on and on. So if I know from a defensive standpoint, 98, I'm looking right to the right. I know where that is because it's all numerical in three columns. It's brilliant. So what I have to do is way harder or way easier than what Jim had to do because he had to write it out. And every week, start over, right? Yeah. Because all of your Saints, even your Saint stuff, every week changes. Update their stats, update everything. Is there? Did you use the note? Did you not use the note? Me, I'm just kind of looking through, all right? There's your updated stats. Look at the notes.
0: Uh, well, how do you come up with that note to make that your own? I think that's, I honestly think that's probably a separation point between broadcasters is because everyone can go to your point and know that this guy was the 2004 Heisman Trophy winner, but they may not all know this was kind of like what Vin Scully was really good at right. finding out that nugget that it's no like, one else knew just that he got from a conversation with, you know, that maybe he had with the guy's coach three years ago. Like, how do you kind of right. balance that? To me, that,
1: that's what. That's and, I, and it's hard to get them in. I'm always got way more notes than I ever use because the game <laughs> flies, yeah. man. It's like you know, play clock and you're boom right back next to the next play. But yeah, that's what I mean. I look for. I know when I read it, I go, "Ooh," because in my head, it makes me feel something. I go, that's what I want. There but you that's go. My note. Yeah, you know, second on the team in interceptions. Who cares? But At Perry had a game. He had a game against. we playing Wake. Had a game against Syracuse. He had three catches. All of them touchdowns. That's it. Just three catches, all of them touchdowns. So your initial thought is over, you know, seven-yarder, nine-yarder. They averaged 41 yards. The average, he caught three passes for 150 some yards, whatever it was, and they were all touchdowns. That's it. Like and I'm like, and the last one was the game winner in overtime. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow. It Was everybody deceived? Was like, back in 21? And I was like, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. So I, you know, that's a long story. Hard, that's tough to get in. But, you know, you, you look for it and you know it when you have it. You know it when you have it. Yeah. And that's a cool. And I always, I do like more of the personal side than the numbers, the stats stuff. It's something that's the unique about him. And I love the fact that Blake Groupie at Arkansas State wore 99 of his number. <laughs> and Notre Dame was zero. Right, That kid wore 99 and 0. And a lot of them were 9. Uh, A.T. Perry wore 9. Uh, Jake Hainer wore nine. so you here's a number you ain't ever going to have, baby. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Might uh, well, yeah. as well, well wear it before you get here. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, I, it, the weird part is, and I'll close it, is I love that part. I love the research. I love looking up and filling out my board. I love it. I love watching, you know, what I had that Jim didn't have. NFL Plus. NFL Plus has what they call the All-22. It's like coaches' film of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's both, you can watch an end zone view and a, a, a regular view of the game. No talking, just coaches' film that I can watch. So I'm watching it every week, the other team learning their numbers, just watching it. It's gold. It's like it was built for, <laughs> I don't know who else is watching it other than play-by-play people, but it's on NFL Plus. It's the greatest thing in the world. So, but I enjoy that part. Most people might think of it as drudgery. From what I just enjoy,
0: you know, and play by play guys. A lot of times with regard to their legacy is based on a call or two, you know, pigs have flown, all that. Talk with me about how you approach a game. And even if it's the week 13 game, you know, this this isn't something that's going to maybe go on forever. But you never know when that I can't believe he did that moment's going to happen. Do you write little notes of if something happens you wanted like how? How would you handle big the big moment calls?
1: The big moment calls, I do believe, you you write. I don't know if you write it down, but you pre-plan it out. I can right. tell you this for, for sure. Pigs fly didn't just come out of it. You know, that yeah, went he, off the he had that. Said. Yeah, and I know Jim Nance. <laughs> I talked to Jim Nance, you know, a lot. And the, thinking them go back to the Masters. They're not. That's not. He's, that's written down, sitting in front of me. Tiger yeah. wins. Here's one for the ages. Right. So. The, those kind of moments, you have to kind of, I hate to use the word script, but you kind of, you want to have something. you got to be
0: prepared. Right. I think prepared is the better right. way to look at it. We just haven't it. had
1: yeah. a lot of those moments <laughs>
0: yet in the three
1: years that I've been doing it. So everything else is just off the cuff, off the cuff. I mean, I, you know, I, there's a, I, if, it, if it's a deep pass, like, geez, I, mean, I, I say, see you later, bye. See you later, bye. And I, why I said that, I have no idea. A, a friend of mine when I was seven years old, he used to say that when we'd get out of the car. He was, he was <laughs> at my dad's age. He would get out of the car and go, oh, see you later, bye. And I, for, for some reason, it stuck in my head. And, uh, you know, so it's those are the moments that because you don't know, you know, you don't know when they're coming. Rashid G, week three, Green Bay, you 76-yard know, punt return. You don't know, right? So you just hope that it it, it comes out the way you want it to. It doesn't always, but you hope that it does.
0: Have you ever come close to cussing? No,
1: I guess it's just you know because you know you know, look where we came from, right? Yeah, uh, we've, we've, we've heard, I've had opportunities, you know, uh, in, the, in the mornings, you know, and so yeah, it's uh, no, it, it doesn't. Just because of our, our upbringing and our thirty years of television, you know, it, it doesn't. It hasn't. Uh, I, I never really thought about it, you know. I really haven't. I that
0: close. You know, I think a lot of times in everything that you do, especially in broadcast, uh, you, you need to have the, the amnesia, the, the short memory. But I got to believe, though, to build on someone that's really still finding their groove in, in the play-by-play thing. Do you remember, do you hold on to that worst call that you've made, that biggest blunder? Can you Do you know what it is?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just – it's it's missed opportunities if, you know, you're, it's a big play and you're, he throws right – He's throwing the near side, but he really threw far side. Now you've screwed it, right? And so, and I go back and twenty minutes after the game, Charlie Long at the station will send me the game in an MP3, no commercials, just me, or just me and De- Deuce and I. And it's it's painful sometimes for me to go back and listen to them. I don't like doing it. You I mean I like doing it really in TV? But it's so important because I, I not so much for what I hear. Either you get the play right or you don't. But sometimes they, like, like the Olavi touchdown, the last Olave touchdown, where he bobbles it to himself. It's a great play, but, like, did he get – is it touchdown, Saints? You don't know yet. You have to wait. You know, the officials are not always on it right away. Or did he cross the goal line, Kendra Miller? Did he cross, right, or did he not cross? So you're like – so those are all the harder ones. But when I go back and listen, I'm really listening more to Deuce because he – he sees things that I had never seen, right? right. he's just, he's, the, he's unbelievable. He's what he sees and how he sees it. And I've got binoculars, and I'm, you know, he's nothing, just sitting next to me with a couple of phones, right? I've got like two computers, iPads, I've got all this, every 50,000 notes up on the board, all this stuff, just walks in with two phones, sets them on the table and goes, all right, let's go. He's amazing. I mean, he's just amazing. When he sees stuff of the play, before the officials do, too many guys on the field makes the play. Mm-hmm. Who, what, who's the penalty on I'm Like, how do you like? I'm looking through binoculars. I see the fumble. You're just sitting there, and, he, and I can't tell who got it. You know, like, I know Saints got it. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's uh, but yeah, I do. I listen. I think you have to. It's painful sometimes, but if not, you're, you're destined to make that same mistake. So you have to listen. And did I? And I, I listen. I listen for. All right, am I describing it? Did I, did I paint the picture? Did, does that person at home know where the ball is, right? right. Did I give the score enough? Did I, did I describe it? Do you know, I mean, Kevin Harlan is one, you know, that, that people always kind of point to. Kevin Harlan gives you everything in a matter of, you know, right hash mark where the grass is bent to the left. You know, he <laughs> I mean, gives you a lot. And, you know, so you, you want to make sure that if I'm listening, I'll just go, do, they, do people know? It's, the dome's easy, right? Moving left to right, that doesn't help. Moving well, and right I like right. what you do. I do is food you food say food
0: toward, food. toward toward Portage or toward the toward the Smoothie king. king. Now, when you get yeah.
1: to other places, you don't have that luxury. You do in some, but like some of them are horrible. SoFi is horrible. I hate that place. And we got to go back there again next year. The <laughs> when they spent
0: a hundred million dollars yeah, building, know, 5
1: yeah, five billion. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going. I spent $5, five billion dollars. Five
0: billion dollars to build this stadium. And the
1: visiting radio media is low and in the corner. So you're like, well, is it far side, near side? It's like they're going away from you, right? And then when they get past the 50, it's like, well, he either gained two or five because you're in a corner. It's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, So I'm always listening to see if I've really painted a good enough picture for people who are listening.
0: All right, changing gears a little bit. We talked about being, you know, the the show's about intentional communication, how you've prepped for this this new role, how you got to this new role, but I'm gonna change gears on you. Father of two girls, which I can relate to. What's the best thing with regards to communication you've done as a parent with Betty Ann with those girls?
1: Wow, that's good. To me, and you already know this, it's it's setting setting the table early. Don't you can't, you can't have some of the conversations with them as 18 year olds, unless you've had some of these conversations with them as eight year olds. Mm-hmm. So and I will be the first to say and my daughters, if we're sitting here, will be the second to say that we we struggled because of my job and I was a, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but I, I I, put work first many times. You just did in television, you know, I was always afraid, you know, to lose you know, got to gotta 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 do it, got to do whatever they want. And so you got to you get the foundation has to be built when they're eight. If you want to have those hard conversations at, at eighteen, we never. Now again, I was a ten o'clock anchor. First, of all, I was weekends for fifteen years. Ten o'clock anchor, then morning show. We've never really had family dinners like mm-hmm. six o'clock. Sit down like I did growing up. We just never did yeah. it. It was always dad's coming up at seven. Whatever he gets goes to bed at seven thirty. I was <laughs> like a five year old. So that's what would be my is to make the, that make that happen, make dinners happen, make whatever that time is together happen regularly. Because if you don't, it is hard. It's hard to have those conversations at 19 and 20 if you didn't have a lot of them when they were younger, you didn't have that foundation built. So that's, you know, and it's easy to say, but there are a lot of people that do the same thing. They put work first, they get home at seven o'clock and, you know, don't have those those dinners. DeMario Davis has dinner with the Davises. That's a big deal with DeMario Davis. He's like one of the greatest humans I've ever met in my life. And it's, it's a big point with him that you have to have dinner, family, whether it's any meal, that you sit down and you talk, right? We, not text, yeah. Not, yeah, not email. You talk. And generationally, you know, we did it. And we tried to do it with our kids growing up, and we did when they were younger. But as they got older, it, it was more difficult. So that's, that's what I would say. You got to do it. You got to figure out a way to do it. If it's Sunday,
0: then it's Sunday, but do it. You got to prioritize it. You gotta you, prioritize. It's got to be a priority. Yeah. Prioritize. Look, and that's big of you to admit. Um, I think most people say, oh, no, I am. A, but it's a tough gig, especially starting out in, in the broadcast world, to, to do that to your point, oh, you're because yeah. there's a million other people that are willing to do it at half the price right. that, that you cost. But I always made the joke when we moved over uh, into, into the sales world, I because my wife and I were like passing ships in the night, very similar. And I, I was like, I, I, I hope we still like each other now that we're going to get to spend time right. with one another. But, but I like that you have to be intentional with that. I love the, the idea of a dinner, picking a date. Um, Mike, what can people keep up with you? Well, that
1: was another part of the problem I, I, I'm very, <laughs> I have Three full-time jobs, basically, at this juncture. I'm the media relations manager for the Superdome and the renovation, which is an awesome job. My office is in the Superdome. It is the greatest gig in the world. I love the building. I love the job. I walk out of my office, and I'm in the bowl, right? It's, it's just awesome. And what they're doing with this renovation is going to be...
0: Are you writing, like, little things on the studs, like, Haas was here? No, you know, well, so yeah. so when they come back well, and...
1: What I'm doing, I'm, I'm looking for that, because we are unearthing... Things that have not been unearthed. When We built the field level suites. We unearthed down to the to the pilings in 1971. Well, I'm like that is like you know I'm looking for the Coke can or yeah something. yeah you know I'm looking I love that history. Uh, so and so then uh, you know the radio is the radio is a, a different animal that it's full time with, with but I they realize that when football season comes, which is July 26th through January whatever seven days there's no you're always working. So when we're in the off season, it's not as much, you know, we do draft and there's shows to do, but it's not as much. And then I still have my video production company, House Communications, which I literally shut down during football. <laughs> like, you'd have to pay me a <laughs> lot of money for me to do something during football season. So it's it's a lot, uh, but I enjoy all three. And they're also, the renovation is going to come to an end at some point, right? So in uh, radio, you know, I hope I get to do that for as long as possible. And House Communications, you know, it can, it can, it can be a vehicle. So I'm just very busy. So my Haas on Facebook, Haas communications on Facebook, Mike Haas, com on x at Mike Haas, com, Comm COMM. Uh, you know, I go through stages where I'm like, really, you know, I have like two, uh, two handles of uh, let's say let's see.
0: We have- Looking for a social, media, thing? Yeah, social like, media, like 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 uh, Instagram, Instagram, or okay.
1: Instagram. There you go. So I haven't. Well, really-
0: we both really aged ourselves right, right there, oh, by I the way. Think yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm
1: not very good. I haven't. I haven't wrapped my head around it yet. I know I have to, um, but I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I mean, Twitter and Facebook are kind of where my world is, and I'm working on Instagram. I'm trying, and that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> that- I like TikTok, but only to watch. I'm not. I, I'm not getting involved. But I do need to get. I'm, I'm not. Good at Instagram, I
0: need to get better. If they'd have had TikTok back in the day, when when you were at your height of Mardi Gras coverage, I think you could have you could have been a superstar <laughs> with some of the with some of those antics. Which, by the way, the the most efficient way to use your Mardi Gras time is to have one costume and one costume only. Mike the Moose Haas, he's been our guest on Targeted Impressions. Uh, this was fun, man. I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I really you do. Catch I really
1: up. Haven't, We haven't see each other and. I love to talk about the industry, and I've been very blessed and fortunate to be where I am at Channel Four. I got a job out of Lubbock, Texas.
0: And That's went, a whole other podcast, by the way. 50 yeah,
1: to, to thirty-two, and was just it was the right place, right time. I'd never been in New Orleans. I knew New Orleans, and so and now it's my home. And the radio was the same situation. The super home. Doug Forden asked me, and I was at I'll be I was at a low of my life. House communications was hard. I was killing to eat for everything. And he walked up to me while I was on the field. I was doing sidelines there. He said, hey, think about and even just a spokesperson for the renovation. When I say, I said, yes, can I start tomorrow? Yes. I, I said, yes, like a hundred times. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great gig and it was a lifesaver. It really, it really was. So I've just been very blessed and fortunate to have the support of certain people and to have the support of New Orleans
0: you know you've used the word lucky and i'm yes i'm going to kiss your ass a little bit more here you keep using the word lucky a lot but luck is where hard work meets opportunity yeah, that's one I thing you've always you. done right. i don't think there's anyone that outworks you um so everything that you've earned up to this point has been exactly that you've earned it well, so well, so, so uh, but i appreciate you making time um i'm cl- kind of glad that you had the time to do it to come and have this although i wish All the other Saints fans out there probably wish you were were prepping for a game. But we hope you found some value for your voice today. Thanks for giving us some time. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Give us a five-star rating if you truly think we've earned it. We also take suggestions. You can email us, contact at 3131media.com. As always, Targeted Impressions Podcast is a product of 3131 Media Solutions, a full-service advertising agency. Reach the right people at the right time with the right message, 3131media.com. Take care, and God bless.